Welcome, welcome, my noble thespians and my happy troop of theater trolls. I'm your host, Dawn Westbrook, the biggest troll of them all, with my glass of Chardonnay. I hope you'll join me with a glass of something. And for the next few minutes, we're going to focus on the craft of acting, the art of directing, and embracing the process of this crazy career in the theater. I have some wonderful interviews lined up in the coming weeks, and this week is no exception. But first, this week's podcast is being brought to you by the Martha Hill Newell Playwrights Fund, whose commitment is to both local and national playwrights, and holds the belief that the relevance and vitality of American theater depends on the continual infusion of new works. So, Mark Dalabar, who I've known since the 1980s. How are oh you? God. I'm very well. I'm very well. That is crazy. That's a long time. If people <laughs> wanted to do the math, they could, but I'd rather that they didn't. So let's move on to a topic. <laughs> um, first of all, I have to ask you, um, I have my glass of Chardonnay. What are you drinking? I'm drinking water. Mm. Water. Yes. Oh my gosh. Uh, the Poland Spring, if they want to send me a case, that'd be fine. I'm <laughs> right. not being, not a paid spokesman, but You're willing not a paid to be. Right. I'm actually hoping that I can get maybe James River uh, Winery to exactly. give me like a case and I can send people some later. But so um, do you not drink at all? I don't. Um, I was a singer, as you know, for a very long time. A very good one. Thank you. Uh, and then I did um, Bush Gardens, you know, theme parks. Uh, I did theme parks for close to six years, but Bush was my first one. And I became uh, the vo vocal captain of the cast. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the things that you quickly realize in a theme park situation is the average age is like 19, 20. Yes. So it's first, like college, it's first time away from home. It's first time making your own real money. And so yes. people were drinking like fish and getting sick and they were uh, hurting their voices, mm -hmm. uh, getting something we lovingly called nodes, which yeah. is a little nodule on your vocal cords. And so I quickly stopped drinking so that I could take care of the, you know, uh, the rest of the lambs. Good and then uh, when I got to New York, it just was too expensive. And, it is uh, really so expensive. Yeah. Yeah, I've never, I'm not, you know, I, I do the glass of Chardonnay as kind of a little kitschy thing to do. Yeah. Uh, and I wanted it to seem comfortable, you know, like a nice yeah. comfortable interview and get other people to get, it can be a cup of coffee, it can be a glass of water, yeah. it can be anything you want. But I thought it would be fun for me to have a glass of Chardonnay. So I'm not Listen, a big drinker, but I do love a glass of Chardonnay, I will say. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite shows is, is Drunk History. So, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, do you know anybody on that? Or have you ever? I, I certainly know of them, sure. Yeah, they're, mm -hmm. from, they're all from the improv uh, circuit here in New York and in L.A. And of course, Chicago, where it was all born, yeah. Right, wow, it is very, very funny, that uh, Drunk History, and I love it. I would love to like be an audience <laughs> member during that. Uh, yeah, so we met in the 1980s, and we were both, I was in the theater department at Virginia Commonwealth, and you were yes. in the music department. Um, yep. I know you as, or I met you as an opera singer, because yep. you're doing a lot of Gilbert and Sullivan, out at uh, the Barksdale, correct? And that's only because they didn't have a musical theater department. I basically made up my own musical theater program. They didn't. They do now at VCU. That's fantastic. It's tied into both departments, music. Oh, and that's theater. so great! Yeah. yeah, we were sort of honestly, you and I were sort of the beginnings of that because remember, Jesus Christ Superstar. Yes. Ended up being the big show that blended both of the departments. Yes. Because before that. They yeah. were very separate. They did very not want to be separate. right. Mm. The and only thing that we had in common was the dance department because it was so 
knew they needed all bodies, all warm bodies. So, yeah. Yeah, I took a lot of dance classes in the dance department as well. Yeah. I loved it. There was a teacher there, Susan Israel. She taught um, ballet. <laughs> Do you remember Susan? Susan, I, Susan, Susan um, uh, I invented the Dirty Dancing ripped sweatshirt. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, you did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's, She's great. And she Melanie Richards? Melanie Richards, yes. Uh, Mary uh, Doug Richards from the, the jazz. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the ballet, was that her? The, the, the really stern ballet master who could turn, she could do uh, turns like a clock, like a German clock, literally just turning like an eighth of a turn. I don't know if that was, was, so... that was, Melanie was a big tap dancer. She was yeah, no, 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 this, this was the, the head of the ballet department. And she was, her wow. feet were, oh my gosh, she was magnificent to watch. That's crazy, yeah. But I, I loved them all, yeah. I did too, and I loved going from department to department. I did take some yeah. classes in the music department, you know, kind mm -hmm. of those electives. I did classical guitar and with uh, and John Patakula. Do you remember John yeah. Patakula? He's and then of so course she wonderful. worked with R.L. all the time. R.L. Rousey, yes, who's now in uh, Haley, Idaho. And R.L. Yeah. and I grew up together. So yeah. R.L. was kind of the common denominator that I met you know, you through him. He's the one who introduced us. Yeah, he is actually. Yeah. And you have a funny story. Don't you have a funny story about how I have a very funny story. <laughs> it was at RL's house, wasn't it? Wasn't I think it was in his apartment. Yes, his apartment, on Park yeah. Avenue with Lauren Lighthouse, who's Lauren yes. and Tony Wallace and you and me. Yes. And we were all in it together. But yes, I yes. go ahead and tell this pretty funny. I forgot all about it. So I was, uh, we had just met and, and of course, you know, you were stunning and I, I was macking on you. And so, and <laughs> I told this story about being in high school and uh, I'd been dating my high school sweetheart for a couple of months at this point, two right. or three months. And I called up uh, her house and her mom answered the phone and flustered me. Uh -huh. And so I thought, uh, I, I blanked on her name and I said, um, is, uh, and I thought, oh, I'm brilliant. Is your daughter home? She quickly caught on and said, which one? And right. then I found out later on, like in the mid 1980s, I was studying at the National Theater of Great Britain, but all of a yeah. sudden, lo and behold, this musical theater person that I knew was at Bada. It was late, it was uh, uh, 2003. Okay. And um, what what ha happened was <laughs> what happened was um, yeah I was uh, uh, doing musical theater and I was I was uh, uh, freelancing with Fifi Oscar. No, I was signed by oh, Fifi Oscar. Do you I remember, remember Fifi? Yes, absolutely. Yes, she was a big commercial agent here. Big in commercial, the city. yes. And my my uh, legit agent, Michael Thomas, the Michael Thomas agency, had just retired. And so I was suddenly without uh, an agent. And so I was interviewing, I was doing all the things like at one-on-one -on -one and TVI. You remember TVI? Yes, was I do remember TVI. On camera uh, school here. And uh, so they said, learn improv, learn improv, learn improv. And, um, and then my buddy, Mark Cabus, I don't know if you know him. I don't he's, think I know Mark. A, a big... A director, actor in in Atlanta, Nashville, parts okay. south, and and he yes. actually did this the Shakespeare program in D.C. He had got oh. his masters there. So okay. Um, uh, so he said, uh, "There's this amazing program called Bada in and at Oxford, 
Yes. And I just happened to have the money. I just happened to have the time. Uh, and so I was like, I'm jumping on it. And it wow. was incredible. It was the best. It, it, well, any kind of conservatory that you go into yes. is amazing. How long you were know? you there? How long was the program? Mine was a summer. Yeah, that's it. It was just a summer. And we got into what they call the professional program, which was, um, there was like 12 of us, I think, 10 or yes. 12 of us. And uh, we got extra time with all the fancy people, you know, the Ben yes. Kingsley. Yes, well, you know, yeah, the Ben Kingsley. And you also worked with Joan, uh, Joan Dincheco, voice. Is that yes. what I, uh -huh. I saw that. And Ian Wooldridge and Ian Wooldridge. Uh, Joan Lepeteer and yep. uh, John Barton, who John the, Barton. Whole the, the whole series, I want to say video yeah. series that shows my age, but yeah. And, and the Shakespeare Theater. And he literally wrote the book about playing. He, he taught. Playing Shakespeare. He taught most of the, you know, all the famous sirs and ladies now. Yes. Uh, he taught and he actually created Royal Shakespeare with um, uh, Sir Hamana Hamana. And <laughs> <Sir> Hamana uh, <laughs> he was supposed to just be there one day and he liked our group so much that he stayed the entire month, which was unbelievable. Incredible. Unbelievable. So yeah, to work with John Barton on Shakespeare and his, if no one, I'm sure they have it online now, but it's called yeah. Playing Shakespeare and it's a yep. book. And there are these recordings of them that they did in a studio with, you know, people that were not, like you said, sirs or dames, like right. Judy Dench and yep. Ben Kingsley and Ian yeah. McKellen, uh -huh. all of these brilliant, yep. brilliant actors, Anthony Hopkins, all these right. wonderful uh, actors that, oh, and who's the one from um, Patrick? Stuart. Stuart. Yep. Voice, the voice, you know. Yes, the voice. And yeah, um, yeah I, it, was a, it was an amazing program. I was there in 1988. I studied wow, in 1988 yep. a while back. And so I knew I'd wanted to do it. And I had a little bit of money. My grandmother had passed away. And mm -hmm. I thought, you know, I really want to use this money um, to the fullest advantage. And so I took it and went over there. And I think I saw like 28 plays that summer. And we studied the National Theater of Great Britain. And I just adored Oh, my it. gosh. It was magnificent. We did... Uh, we went into this to the city at least once a week, often mm -hmm. twice a week to see shows. And did you take I was the tube? I did, and I went. Uh, I was a groundling for an entire day when they did um, two shows back to back. So it was like six, seven hours of Shakespeare, and I was right on the stage. So I got to see uh, Mark Rylance. Oh man! Um, uh, I think he did. Oh gosh, what was it? Um, I know they did Richard the Third. It was an all-female cast doing Richard the Third, which was fantastic. See, there you go. And then I think he did Richard the Second. It was just brilliant. It That's was great. Absolutely brilliant. And then you yeah, came yeah. back and you went to New York. Now you you were one of those last week when I was talking to uh, Cliff Mortz. Right. I you know he's been pretty successful. He moved from New York to L.A. at well Chicago mm -hmm. and L.A. And he's done a lot of TV and, um, you know, I think it takes, and I'll ask you if you agree with this, you may not, but I think it takes a whole lot of talent and a little bit of luck, but sometimes people just get lucky. Um, what do you think as far as that goes? I mean, I think it's, I think it is uh, absolutely the industry. The rule one is nobody really knows anything about the business. Uh, it's like any opportunity. Um, you, you, it's good to be in the right place at the right time, but you also have to be ready when given the opportunity. And that's right. the thing about this, is, uh, about this life is that the opportunity could be at any time. 
And at any age. Any age at any place. And so uh, case in point, I was, um, I told you the, the, what sort of propelled me to New York right, was, was a friend Will- of mine of right. Will, was doing the tour of Will Rogers, uh, the original one. And uh, Abe Reibold was Abe, name. who I know and love. Tall, yeah. tall, 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 tall like you. Yes. Is he taller? Than, are you about the same height? Because you're really- Same height, same height, but he was an uh, absolutely exquisite dancer. I was a good dancer, but he was a real dancer. Yeah, I, I mean, think you said good. that you, yeah, you and I both, when you were at Bush Gardens, I was at King's Dominion. And I right. always, build, you know, we had to, I don't know if you do it now, but you have to bill yourself as yep. a, you know, are you an actress who sings and right. dances? Exactly. I never put dance on my resume. I put oh, moves, yeah. actress who sings yeah. and moves. And, you know, and I would have different resumes for different auditions. Oh, yeah. I'm a singer who acts. And also, uh, yeah. you know, I never said dance, though. I always said moves because those mover. dancers, yeah, right. they're yeah, yeah. not messing around those dancers. But I figured oh, yeah. I could kind of go back and forth from singing sure. to acting and then just say I moved. But so Abe, I know from Mill Mountain Theater. Yes, one, but he got you. He was in Will Rogers on Broadway yep. or on tour or what? Both. He did. He did the first national with uh, Keith Carradine and D. Hody. Right. Um, and uh, at that point, I was living in Nashville and I was a dead ringer for Keith Carradine. And um, the guy that was running the show um, was a, a guy named uh, Jeff Calhoun. Uh-huh. And he, inter- uh, he actually auditioned me backstage uh, because of Abe. And he said, you're perfect for this show. Go learn how to rope. So <laughs> I did. I went and got a, you know, a, a guy to teach me how to rope. And, and, uh, in New York? Or you, yeah, oh, the, the tour had stopped. You know, I was already in New York at the time. The tour had stopped. Uh, and... Um, so I was like, well, you know, this is a show that I'm going to be able to do for a long time. Right. So I had started taking improv. I had started taking writing for sketch comedy. I had been doing uh, guitar lessons. And a buddy of mine was a musician and introduced me to his friend who played the harmonica. And I was like, these are really weird, disparate skill sets. But I was like, whatever. I have the time. Right. Sure. Turns out another tour a uh, bus and truck of the show was coming through the, the States and uh, they auditioned me for Will Rogers and every single one of those skills that I had been working on was needed for that show. Isn't that crazy? And I was ready when I walked ready, in. Ready, right place, right time. And so yeah. you were one of those who got to do that national tour, right? Mm-hmm. And yep. then you came to New York and you had that national tour. And I tell you what, if you have that on your resume, it can get you yeah. in with agents and things. Because getting in is kind of hard. Well, honestly, this is, this is what really happened. What really okay. happened was I was in Nashville for six years and I got all of my union cards. I did over 50 shows, 50 plays and musicals. I did film, television, commercials, print work, um, industrials. So I had a resume walking in the door. And yeah. I just happened, you know, the funny story that I uh, uh, told you that I always get my chops busted for is that I walked in and the day that I walked into New York, I got an agent, which never ever happens. Yeah, I, I was walked in by a guy who used to be a soap opera actor. So um I was very lucky, and uh, um, so I just I hit the ground running. But that's what I tell young actors all the time: don't feel like you have to be in one of the major cities to work. To uh, a lot of our culture is about instant fame, instant gratification, all these 
uh, contests, these TV contests. Well, now when, it is. We didn't have yeah, those back then. Right. When what right. you really need is experience. And, yes. and it's better to fail in the hinterlands and learn your craft than it yes. is to do it in front of a Broadway producer who may not bring you in right. for, uh, you know, another year. So right. um, you've got to be comfortable in your own skin when you get here. And you know, I think like you said, rough... you know, the more skills you have, like you said, yeah. all of a sudden, you know, lickety split, I had all of these things that I needed except rope, <laughs> roping. Right, exactly. So I had to take that. So did you have to invest? Like you had to, this is one of the things with acting. It's very hard Constantly. because you don't have a lot of money. And then someone yep. says, go learn how to rope. Well, then it's up to you to invest in yourself, yep. right? You know, it is just crazy. And I know you've done a lot of commercial work. I did a lot of commercial mm -hmm. work, not necessarily in New York. I was a foot model in Yes, <laughs> in you York. were. I told my You're dad, I said, thank you. I, well, not anymore. I got bunions from dancing all these years. But <laughs> my father, I was like, I told him one day, he said, are you going to get anything other than foot modeling? And I'm like, you know, daddy, I got to put that theater degree to use. And so mm -hmm. I just, the foot... Right, so I did a lot of foot modeling, but if you can get an agent, you know, it really does help you get in the door. Because if you don't have an agent, you're not right. back then. You weren't going to get in the door. Now you mentioned something the other day about the tears. I got to interject though. Your roommate okay. still cracks me up when I think about her. Uh, your roommate, who was a fit model, she was stunning, but then she would open her mouth, <laughs> and it was like singing in the rain. Holy crap! <laughs> She was so funny. Or born yesterday. She, yeah, was, from yeah, Rhode, yeah. she was from Rhode Island and uh, <laughs> really tall. She worked at Victoria's Secret as a fit yeah, model. So when yeah, she yeah. and I walked in, she was the, we were, could not have been more polar opposite, you know, like just crazy, Mutt and Jeff. Yeah. And she was, it didn't, she always wore black. She always wore right. heels. She yeah. was like a giraffe. And we yeah. would walk down the street and here I am at like 5'3", <laughs> little runt, you know, and I did not exist. I did not get looked at it all but boy until she, she like opened her mouth that was hysterical <laughs> she had that rhode island accent oh my god that i remember so i remember um well at first Cussing name, a blue Pam. streak yes yeah. Uh, yeah, she cussed a blue streak and she was just did she smoke i remember she ordered the weirdest things. maybe yeah order pizza but scrape off all the toppings <laughs> <laughs> she would always order like Chinese food and I don't know she would eat really weird things oh she would get like those cans of um cans of potatoes and fry them up with nothing oh and then just eat potatoes um she never she would have wine you always had a lot of wine and um but she came into my room I had little teeny room in her apartment midtown right <laughs> and I had all you remember boombox so I could listen yeah. to all my music and practice my my cassette tape you know audition yeah. interject what a boombox and tape the cassette tape used to be <laughs> <laughs> I know we'll have to say look it up just look, look it up, up. google it up it. google it or if that tape got messed up you'd have to use oh a pencil to, to put it yep. back and those were the days man and days of yeah. the beepers you know but right. she came in my room and I was working on an audition and she was standing there and I'm very nice. I really, I really liked her a lot. I mean, she had a lot of free samples from Victoria's Secret and I happened oh, to be yeah. the right bus size. So I got a lot of pretty <laughs> bras from her. Um, but awesome. she was, you know, the body on the tags of Playtex bras and hose and all right. of those things. And um, yeah, she was just stunning. But she came in my room and I was sitting there on the bed with all these, you know, audition things, you know, on my bed strewn all over the place. And she was looking at the, like looking sideways at the books, the titles of the books. And she just went like this. This is, I'll never forget it. She went, cat on a hot tin roof. <laughs> huh. And then just walked out. <laughs> cat on a hot tin roof. Tin roof. 
<laughs> and then just walked out. I just remember laughing so hard. And it is a story that I have kept with me because I guess she thought it was like, I don't know. Okay. If she'd opened it up, she'd see pictures of cats on roofs. I don't know. But she did not know Tennessee <laughs> Williams. She did not know anything about it. But it was very funny. Cat on a hot tin roof. Yeah. Huh. But I digress. <laughs> so but, you right, were asking. I, yes. So you're talking about commercial work. And, um, yeah. But you mentioned something about the tier system. Now you came in and you yep. got a commercial mm -hmm. agent right away, which is great. And you still do commercials. Um, mm -hmm. And I remember I saw you on a print ad. You were a doctor. Right. You in a white coat. Right. And then mm -hmm. um, I was in a doctor's office. I think I was, because I'm an interpreter now. I don't think I was going in as a patient, but I was sitting there and it was on a, on a loop. Right. And you were doing a commercial. And what was it for? You were a doctor. and Oh, God, I only knows. I've I, I literally have done hundreds of those. And uh, everything from Oxy to, um, to uh, United Health Products, a lot of OBGYN stuff. That's, I think that's what it was. I think it was OBGYN. Yeah. And, you, and there was, yeah. they kind of zoomed away, and it was a full yeah. body shot. And was I doing a lot of this? Yes, with, with fingers? your fingers. Yes, that was the IED, IUD. <laughs> I was literally teaching doctors how to insert Isn't safely. That funny. <laughs> so you were teaching doctors, and now you've played one on TV, Judge, on yep. Bull, I think, right? Uh -huh. uh, but talk about the tier system. Um, you, you mentioned something about that before, and I found it interesting. Can you talk about that? Uh, in, in what regard? Like the, the way that. Um, you said now things are done on a tier system, um, and I don't remember exactly what it was. So, I, I guess what I was getting at was was that uh, back in the day, uh -huh. um, there would be a uh, the the movie stars would do movies. Yep. TV stars would do TV and try and get into movies. Yep. And then you would have local stars that would do commercials and uh, the what they called P and G which was Procter & Gamble, which yes. was very wholesome middle America, um, usually white uh, and very sort of- uh, Middle class, upper middle class. Middle class, yeah. Soccer mom, I got a lot of work exactly. back then as a soccer mom. Exactly, moms, dads, kids, mm -hmm. you know, all very clean cut and wholesome. Mm -hmm. And then uh, um, and then voiceover artists were a whole other thing, right? And so, um, but, then everything started to blend together. Yes. Right. Suddenly, stars were doing TV because the the writing was getting better. Yes. And now there's so many different platforms. Yes. And a lot of these writers are uh, have their own production companies. Yes. Um, which honestly has been around. United Artists was quite literally three actors from Hollywood that decided to be their own producers. But, yes. Um, but now it's like Reese Witherspoon has her own thing, you know, uh, uh, you know, any major star that you can think of has their own production. They want to produce their, their own, own things. Yeah. yeah and kind yeah, of yeah. run it through that house. Um, if they exactly. see that they want to. Brad do Pitt, Brad Pitt is a huge producer. He has more shows. So does Will Ferrell. Producing. Will yeah. Ferrell produces everything. Yeah, yeah. With Adam McKay. Yeah. Those are two improv guys right there. Yeah. Wow. I just adore him. But you know what? That is what the tier system was. It was more yeah. of when we were there in the 80s and the early 90s, it was yeah. you didn't really have much crossover. Right. And now, like you said, you know, it's kind of melded together. And yeah. I remember a story, Kathy Bates, brilliant, yeah. brilliant, brilliant. She did Crimes of the Heart on Broadway. Right. Mm -hmm. And I remember this story that she had wanted to go to LA. Right. 
right. and they were saying she wasn't really and back those days you're not pretty enough right and she wanted the and that, movie. That's a, a very gentle way of saying it. Yeah. They uh, yeah, said and they she have, wasn't effable, right? Right, yeah. exactly. And, yeah. and, and it's just crazy. And she didn't get the movie. Right. And, and, it, and it wasn't until Misery that right. she really made her mark and then fried green tomatoes. And all of a sudden they're like, okay, she's a great star. She did primary colors and just right. an amazing actress that really did do a, a, a crossover. And I'm so yeah. happy for her because she was really someone who kind of, made that switch that people thought, oh, she'll never make this switch. She'll right. never be able to go to that. And uh, she did, and, and good for her. Right. You know, I just, I, so, I adore her. I, honestly, I think for me, just my general sense of, of the industry is that um, I just keep going. I just keep swimming, as Ellen DeGeneres says. Uh, and you Thank have you. to adapt. The, the industry goes through fairly significant changes every few years anyway, but we're going through a major sea change right now. Oh, huge. Not only, not only with all the different platforms, the Apple TV, the Amazon Prime. And you've got Hulu, Netflix, yeah, Netflix and all of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You also have the internet people who are, who are doing billion dollar um, film studios, uh, building them all over the country to draw production. And so Into all states over the country. Where, and and yeah. states where it's a little bit cheaper to have that. And then you've got the famous one down in Atlanta that just opened up. And, um, and then you've got you, uh, Nashville's about to open another huge one. And, and yeah. um, you know, uh, so it, it work, there's a lot of work out there, but you have to be able to adapt. And right now what everybody's trying to adapt to, whether they are a gazillionaire or they are a kid right out of school yeah. is what we're doing right now. Learn how to adapt, to do self-tape, yep. to, um, to direct yourself, to uh, edit, learn how to edit. edit You've got to be your own it. editor. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of these people send in auditions now and what they really want is they want a little mini movie. Yeah. They don't want you. I mean, you need to learn how to do the, you know, the title in the beginning and right. you know, uh -huh. frame it correctly. Yeah. And Michael and I talked a little bit about that. So not only are you, do you need to be a theater person, but you also need to be a videographer, your own right. editor, your own exactly. editing suite. And, um, but anyway, yeah, it's Tim and Daphne Reed that have their studio um, cool. in, in Petersburg and they do a lot of filming down there. But, um, yeah. okay. So what were we talking about? Um, bring me back. We were talking about just the, the, the industry going through sea changes. And oh, so the, yes. And that is the big thing, is that you have to... Uh, um, be your own videographer, either, be your own Yeah, editor. be your own uh, director, uh, DP, producer. But luckily, because of, of you know, uh, necessity is the mother of invention, mm -hmm people are starting to create businesses where they can do that for you. They will walk you through, they will, uh, they will coach you, they will put together the, the audition for you and they will teach you how to send it off. And make it very user format. friendly. You know, that Absolutely. would be great. If you can send me um, a company that is in New York or someplace yeah. where they, because yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't have to be living in the city anymore to do this. No, stuff. and that's and the thing. This podcast I, is I, Buzzsprout. That's I, And I did all of their videos on how to create a podcast. Uh -huh. And then I upload all of my video, my a podcast from at their web. And it, they just suit it to everybody. It uploads immediately. And it's a one-stop shop 
they do the whole thing. I pay a yearly fee and then a monthly fee if I want to upgrade, whatever. Sure. And it is fabulous. So Buzzsprout for podcasting does exactly what you're talking about. But if you have the name of someone who can kind of be a, have a tutorial and kind of take you through and, and teach you how yeah. to edit, that would be great. And guys, I'll put it out there on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram once Mark and I finish yep. up mm -hmm. this. Um, and that way you can have that. You can, you can look it up um, later on and send that to me and I'll, I'll yeah. post it onto the Facebook page. Yeah, that's great. Um, so I looked at your IMDb and <laughs> you, I know, look at you. So you did a blacklist, uh -huh. blacklist. You were Dr. Rayborn. Yeah. You did Bull. You were Judge Moore, Moorhead, yes. Moreland. You did Scratch and then um, some late night that I want to talk about because I find yes. that fascinating. You know, I just, I put you in a bubble of being um, a musical theater, Rogers, Rogers and Hammerstein or, you know, the one of these. guy, the right. Yeah. Guys, right. And I knew you did print work, but man, you are really, you know, an actor and I hate improv. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> I can be funny, but you better give me a script. And I can be funny kind of off yeah. the cuff just talking, but not, you turn on that improv, you know, green light. And I'm like, I'm deer in the headlights. Honestly, so, talk about you know that. what I, and the people that I find hate it the most are generally people like you who have gone through a conservatory or a theater program. We think too much. Well, no, because you were forced to do improv in school. Yes, you were I was. forced to do it. Yeah. Yes. And, and it was not, not there, fun. There, it was not fun. It was not uh, engaging. And here's the thing. This was created in Chicago um, when Second City and uh, Nichols and May were in full bloom. Yes. Uh, and um, uh, there was a, a company called uh, Improv Olympic, uh, a guy named Del Close and um, Halpern. Uh, God love me. What, what the heck is her name? She's still alive. Uh, they had to change it from Improv Olympic because they literally got sued by the Olympics. Are but you kidding me? Because they put the name Olympic? Yeah, I.O. And um, he, Del Close, had, uh -huh. was a famous uh, Hollywood character actor. And he um, uh, wanted to make improv a, a legitimate theatrical um, art form. Yes. And so everybody thinks of improv as you got to be funny. You got to be funny. You got to be quick. You got to be funny. Um, he would literally throw chairs at people if they tried to be funny on stage. <laughs> the whole well, point <laughs> was to get, you know, because long form improv, especially when you think about um, uh, not so much Second City, but, but uh, Upright Citizens Brigades, yes. UCB, or... Uh, the Groundlings. We're was talking for. like Tina Fey and, yeah. yes. and Amy Poehler and, Amy Poehler, and Matt Besser and Matt Walsh. All these Matt Walsh, people. right. Everybody Pete that you Roberts. see on TV right now, mm -hmm. um, uh, they came through that uh, system. Adam McKay, who was one of the biggest, Will Ferrell, all, uh, Rachel Dratch, all of them, Horatio Sands. They all came through the same thing. And, right. and most of them were born of the group that came from Chicago and Delphi. Yes, Delphos. that's right. I read both Tina's book and uh, Amy's book, and I love it. Oh, they're them. all amazing. They're all they amazing. They all kind of actually are kind of interconnected. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of a little bit about the other, and you go, oh, I can put the picture together now. Okay. Yep, exactly. Yeah, Seth Myers, too. I know he was Seth a big fan of them, yeah. Polar and Right, and so um, uh, Jimmy Fallon, I mean, there really is truly a linear line through that whole uh, 
uh, growth. And so, so how did you get into, I know you did, um, I remember getting like messages that you were going to be on late night, Conan, Letterman, David yeah. Letterman, mm -hmm. Letterman. Yep. And so I want people to know how you got that. And is that still something that is going on that they will call you and say, hey, we need somebody tonight. Talk about well, that. Um, so I would say probably just after I got back from, uh, from Bada, Mm -hmm. uh, as as my agents like to say, I was firing on all cylinders, so I was ready to go. And you so are. my agent got this call. Um, uh, Letterman had just gotten a new segment producer, and a segment producer basically uh, creates all of the weird and wacky sketches, um, the skits that are done throughout the bits evening, right. that are done because um, every show that you see on late night is overwritten, and by that I mean they overwrite uh, just in case they need to cover for a bad guest. If a guest is really a dud, <laughs> they'll cut it off, do something stupid and move on, right? Okay, and they can, they can slot it in later on and edit. Exactly. Okay, gotcha, exactly. all right. Exactly, and so, um, uh, so I got a call saying, um, the, the joke was, where are you, what are you wearing? Can you be over From at your Canada? agent or yeah. from the studio? Well, originally it was for my agent because right. it was the first time she hadn't, she called some people in and, um, where are you and what are you wearing? You what can, are you wearing? In the city, I was in you Hell's Kitchen. Like, yeah. you know, the pizza. Uh-huh. Exactly. Right. So I, I ran over there and I, I was playing an, uh, a weatherman. I remember it distinctly. It was, it was a brilliant bit about, it was, I think like 96 that day. And they were talking about how hot it was and everybody's <laughs> saying, wow, isn't it hot today? It's really amazing. It's so hot. <laughs> like that, that's what everybody, that's the news. And right. I, God, I wish we could get back to when that was actually something we could talk about on TV. But, I know. Um, but uh, so then I said, oh, uh, well, what, do you, what are the things you do? I asked the man on the street, what are the things you, that you do to stay cool? He's like, oh, well, you know, I wear cool clothing. I drink lots of water. <laughs> and then I, and then he blows up right? He just <laughs> evaporates in front of my head. And I, I'm freaking out and I look over at my producer and then I blow up. And that was the bit, right? Oh, that's funny. And so I, uh, they liked me so much because I was able to do it in one take. And, and you and, were able, you were at the right place at the right time because they would call you. Yep. And you know, back then you'd, you'd want to like kind of stay towards the hub of Midtown, right. not really venture out to Brooklyn yep. or to Long Island or whatever, if you had yeah. a show or something. So it's all about, are you there right now? And can you yeah. get to the studio, you know, Midtown, get to um, NBC or ABC, whatever, yeah. right? And so that one job ended up lasting almost 10 years. I stayed doing sketch for Letterman for till 2014. And I, yes, and that's the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Is and that then you I did, did some for Conan O'Brien, and I did The Daily Show, and I did uh, uh, The Onion when it was still oh, doing Onion. online pieces. Yes. But, um, uh, and so what but, would you do? Okay, say, say it is a hot day. Just say, yeah. for example, you, you know, where are you? What are you wearing? And then mm -hmm. you, it would be hot as hell midtown, and you aren't right. near your apartment, and you go, right. did you have an actor's bag? Did you have a change of clothes? Did you keep a toothbrush and all that on you all the time? Or did you well, have, you know, what, that used to be the I thing, want right? to freshen up, right? Yeah. I mean, did you have an actor's bag? Did you, did they give you a shower? You could, you know, wash up or something because you'd have to stay there from the sketch 
Right. Did they get a little dinner? Did they have like craft services? And then you- They do have yeah. craft services in the green room. And so here, here's the thing is that um, at the beginning, yeah, you're on your own. Remember when we first moved to the city, you yep. had to check messages, right? You didn't have a cell phone. So yeah, you had to paper. hover. Yeah, a you paper. had to hover around uh, like Times Square and the, the uh, what was it? The Hyatt? Go, in, of, go into the Marriott, the Marriott and use the, Marriott. The, the, phone, the, the poofs downstairs. With the poofs, yes. <laughs> they got so sick of seeing actors right there yeah. in the Marriott marquee. Because they would shoo us out. right there and they would yeah. like shoo us out. And now they've got a Starbucks there so you can grab a coffee. But I mean, we because had to was hover around yeah. the phones and there'd be lines to use the phone because actors were always calling yep. back people. And we didn't have cell phones. So you'd have a beeper with a phone number. You'd have to call it back. And oh, I have exciting crazy. news. The last five, six years, I guess it was. Mm -hmm. um, Actors Equity has an indoor lounge. Yes, and they cafe. do. Yes, they do you now. Don't, right. You don't have to wait out on the street with the stinky garbage or in the freezing cold before they open the building to you. Which is great because, so, man, that, yeah. I remember when they did that. And I'm glad oh the, the dues go for, you know, so towards something useful. Yeah. Um, but that's yeah. Actors' Equity. So this would be like after SAG that you would be doing television so, for. So tell me so how like a I day digress, like, yeah. uh, no, 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 it's fine. So I, what I'm happened was uh, I was living in Midtown there. So one of the reasons that they liked me so much was that I literally could uh -huh. walk a block to my home, dress and come there. And then after I was there for not even a year, they just started having clothes in my size. Or I would, I would start wearing uh letterman's sweaters or ties or something there's actually one they of the have sketches. wardrobes there right yeah one of the sketches i did um uh where i was playing hardy's uh yes. the, the hardy ceo that came out with this horrible <laughs> new hamburger and i took a bite and then had a heart attack yeah and uh it was letterman actually makes a crack he's like wait are you wearing my tie and then later on uh, so Regis Philbin was wearing the same tie. It was very. Oh, funny. isn't that funny? Because it was NBC yeah. Studios, right? Yeah, or is yeah. that NBC? Um, that is so funny. And you know, another thing too is that as actors, they, I, I'm assuming that still, and I do when I get called to do commercials now, or um, you know, a training film or something, you are required to bring your own wardrobe. And mm -hmm. that never got easy when I was living in New York. Uh, you know, you, you no. suit for women, heels, the yep. whole deal. And so you'd have to have these things ready to go. And it wasn't easy to keep it in a bag right. and with heels. You but had you to had to keep everything with you. At, yep. or, you know, and you a were showing bag. me before we yeah. started, we used to have to keep our portfolio, quote unquote, yeah. with, and we would have to carry it with us. Now everything's on the phone. You shoot it through the iCloud. Yeah. You send it through them. But I mean, we guys, we had to keep like this huge portfolio that we keep, you know, eight by tens in there and business cards and postcards and sh uh, show shots and, you know, just yeah. letters of recommendation and blah, 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 blah. And, and your, you keep your cosmetic your contact, bag and your, your contact, contact list. list. Yeah, your address book. They called it an address book. It was an address in book. Giant Literally. pages where you filled in everybody's uh, name and uh, address and, I, and I remember keeping a business card folio where I would oh, keep yeah. a business card and keep it through the A's, the B's, you yeah. know, alphabetically, and you would stick their actual business uh -huh. Right now, people still kind of have, and you, you have an old business card of mine. I do. That's fantastic. It's so funny. You showed it to yeah. me. Of course, it's all, you know, scratched it up. and Called stuff. mangled. Yeah. But yeah, that was fantastic. So, so that's a but, great gig. But to that point for, for today's turn, um, you gotta, you gotta keep up with um, who you know. When I uh, interviewed with my agents years ago, um, one of the reasons that they 
were impressed with me was because not only did I have somewhat of a resume, but I knew every single casting director that had called me in, what had happened, if, it had, if I had gotten a call back, what type of character it was, um, if yes. I did the job. So I, they knew, because the first thing they ask you is, who do you know? Do you right, already right. have a relationship with that person? Because, right. that, because what people don't realize is that agents have to, have to hoof and make relationships with casting offices themselves. Yes. It's not, they can't just call the, the, casting, the head of casting at CBS and say, see my guy, if they don't already have that relationship. Yes, and I know there is too. When we were here in town, Liz Marks um, with Finn Cannon and Associates, which is down in North Carolina, they did all the movies here in Virginia. She started doing crossover from agent to casting. And there was a big issue. Are you yeah. the casting agent or are you the yep. agent, agent, you know, promoting your people or are you actually going to be, you know, putting these people in the roles? Yep. So there was a big, there was a big deal with that. And they don't really want the crossover. They want to keep it separate. Um, and well, you still happening loyalties, in yeah. right? And you want, oh, it is? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do voiceovers now too. And there are a lot of people, <laughs> there's one woman who I love. She's actually brilliant. She's a brilliant teacher, but she's, a producer, a writer, a teacher, a casting director, but most importantly, she's talent. So she is. Uh, <laughs> so she knows so, how. She knows yeah. all the ropes. Although, to be fair, if they want her, they have to pay through the nose for her because they know that she can get it done in one take and, and save them a ton of money. Right, because exactly. The thing, even though we're digital now, it yeah. still costs money to hire an engineer and pay them by the hour, so. Do you find that in New York still, there is a need for being able to be kind of a jack of all trades, do voiceover, do theater, do sing. Always. The more you can do, Always. the better off you are, the more marketable you are. Yeah. Is the that only thing that's different, the only thing that's different is that people are looking for um, people that create their own content now, like this. Yes. They're yes. like, who knows you, not just casting people, uh, who, producers uh, uh, in the industry, but how many followers do you have? You, um, yes, for on people, Facebook, on you know, as, as you know, old and uh, crotchety as I am, I, I literally had to create a website, uh, have a Facebook page or Twitter feed, uh, Instagram, yes. et cetera. And, um, and, uh, I, I generally suck at it, but but I but my website I will say um, I booked Bull the the uh, the guest star spot on Bull through my website. See, isn't that great? You audition. have a reel and you have pictures. Yep. Fact, that's what Michael said. Everything's on video, and I never even had to walk in the room. Back in the day, yep. you had to walk in the room, yep. and you mm -hmm. had to be ready to you know you'd get the script. You know, right then, you'd read mm -hmm. it cold. You had to do yep. cold reading. Now you can yep. kind of get it a little in advance. You can kind yep. of practice it, and you can mm -hmm. send your own tape because you're yep. your own DP, you're your own yep. editor, your own, you know. Um, so it is, so that's great to know. That's, that's, that's good. That was one of the questions I wanted to ask because I think some people out there might want to know the answer to that question. Right. But um, it, everything was on tape. Yep. Everything. And I called Michael Master and said, how do I do this? Because I want to do it really well, and I knew he would yep. know. You yep. know, and um, that's what you do. Find somebody in your pod, even if it's a group that you went to school with, a, right. a group that, that you find, you know, auditioning, just chat somebody up while you're waiting to, for your turn. Um, 
all the show, the plays that you do, um, just meet up, meet people. Meet people. And say, let's do something. Let's practice. Let's do this for you. Um, you know, and now you have to add, if you follow me, I'll follow you. And that's how you. Isn't that uh, interesting? That's yeah. great that you brought that up because no one has yeah. brought that up yet. So I was going to ask you my next question, uh, you know, as we're getting towards the end of this, what do you find yourself doing now? What, uh, what is Mark? Delabar doing now to mark. I know right now we're kind of in this mm -hmm. coronavirus phase and no one's really doing anything, but right. right before coronavirus hit, where were you? What were you doing? Um, what was a day in the life of this actor in, in, in New York? Well, it was just, you know, a lot of hurry up and wait. So you go, you do your auditions. Um, I, my, my auditions thankfully are, are bigger. Uh -huh. um, uh, the, they may be fewer and farther between now because right. I'm getting called in for a series regular or a recurring role on a television show or in yeah, a Yeah, which is always film. lovely, man, if you get but, that. But um, back to the self-tape, I um, uh, booked, uh, gosh, what was that famous South Korean uh, director that just won the did, Oscar. Oh, you won the Oscar for, um, I did the, uh, I did Okja with him and I got that. I got that by self tape. And then we did a callback by zoom just like this. Right. Um, uh, is it, is it, was it Parasite? Were, yes. Parasite and, uh, Boong Joon Ho. Yeah. yeah, that's it. That's how you yeah. say it. And so, uh, but they were, they were filming in three different countries. So they just, you know, we did a, the whole thing by Zoom. So what I'm doing now is learning how to have a home studio like you're doing. Right. Uh, I bought myself a ring light. I bought myself some backgrounds. I bought myself, you know, I basically, thing I make, I try and put back into my career, which is hard when you got a kid, you know. You yes, know I mean? yes. Oh, so, Cooper. And how old is Cooper? He is almost 13 and he's wow. almost 5'10". So. so he's like, Daddy, you know, you and I started late with the parenting. Yeah. You know, and as an actor, yeah. you really don't want to have kids early. You want to be able to explore and do what we've all, what we've talked about all the yeah. way up to this point, you know, yeah. the background, Bada and, you know, sure. being on national tour. Yeah, you really, yeah. it's so hard to have a family when you're trying to do yep. this career. You know, it's older you get, the little bit easier it yeah. is, but yeah. But, and then, and then, you know, like I said, back to rule one, nobody really knows anything about the business because I have friends that had their kids then got their break. So right. you, you honestly don't know all you can do. Honestly, if I have to say there's one rule that I try and live by uh -huh. is don't let anybody tell you, you can't Okay. You just keep going. If you don't, if you're not right, right now, just keep going, keep moving. Um, just keep swimming of, is what yeah, you said. Yeah, just <laughs> the, um, the head of ABC casting is uh, Marcy Phillips. And she wrote a wonderful book that's on Amazon. And it's literally like a, like a Deepak Chopra. It's a quick read. Uh -huh. Marcy uh, you Phillips, you said? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she is super like spiritual and just one of the kindest humans you'll ever meet. Her whole thing is, you will you will be successful when it is your time. 
when it, when it can is your Can you send time. me um, a link to that, I uh, will. To that book and I'll post that for people who want to read yeah, that. Yeah, it is it. fantastic. Yeah, I, that's so just keep learning. Just, and the thing about learning that I always say, I always tell my, my students, my uh, coaching students, young kids, anybody who listen basically, <laughs> is, uh, yeah, that's me. <laughs> Well, we can. You got an audience now. Why is this? Yeah. Why like, is this weird guy talking to me on the street? <laughs> um, is, is learn everything and anything you can. Yeah. Because our job is to pretend to be other people, and the more reference points you have, i.e., the learning how to trick rope, learning how to ride a horse, learning how to play a guitar, learning how to play harmonica, right? Languages, learning how to be a chef, learning how to be a Sommelier. I mean, yes. it doesn't matter. It, no matter what you do. And one thing that people don't realize, a lot of the really successful actors are smart. Oh, yes. They keep learning. Like right. you. They're constantly you. learning and growing and moving. And so that's what that is what this business is keep, about keep up with keep up with the times and try i mean i had yeah, never yeah, yeah. i'd always wanted to have my own talk show and i thought you know when quarantine hit and i thought i need to keep myself off the streets literally and figuratively <laughs> um, and so i thought why not learn how to do a podcast and mm -hmm. so i thought no time like the present so i did i bought all the training with through buzzsprout and when right. just decided that i would do this and i adore it and i am loving like right now, just looking at your sweet, beautiful, handsome face oh, and so talking sweet. to you um, and, see, and connecting with people who I, you know, are successful and have done different things with their careers um, and people can hear and listen and learn things from them. So um, I really appreciate you, you know, coming on today and, and, and letting us Absolutely. listen and learn. Um, yeah. So right now everything's kind of, I know you also have another skill. You're a massage therapist, correct? I am. And that's the other thing that they always say to do yep. is find a day job yep. that is flexible, that you can work around. A lot of people will do temp work or uh, retail is soul sucking and really just like restaurant work too i found i did catering work. and i in new york and i found it to be exhausting catering yeah you yeah. have something the one i have you know i have one regret i'm going to say this yeah. right now everybody listen to this i have one regret in my life and it's only one and it's that i always wanted to be a sign language interpreter and i wish i had taken my degree from vcu my bfa and had gone straight to gallaudet because it was right when Children of a Lesser God came out, because I always right. loved interpreting and, and ASL. I wish I'd gone straight to Gallaudet, gotten my master's in interpreting, and then moved to New York, because I would have had that, right. that skill, and I could have done hourly, and it pays really well if you have a skill other than restaurant work or you right. know, pimping, mm -hmm. like you did. Now or, or just get a job at a gym so that right. you had a free gym membership, right? Because mm -hmm. the whole point was to try and figure out a way to get free food, work at a restaurant, get free a gym membership, work at a gym, et cetera, right? Or shower, like you could shower yeah, midtown. Exactly. If you were working at a gym, I remember that. People yep. that worked at gyms or, you know, health yep. clubs, which we called them back then, health clubs, yep. you could keep, you had a locker. We talked about the actor bag. Yep. You could have your own locker. If you didn't live midtown, say you lived in Brooklyn to try to save money, yep. you could stay midtown, you could work, you could take a shower, get ready for your, you know, where are you? We go live in five. Here yep. we are, you know, you're going to be at NBC at five o'clock and you've showered yep. and you feel fresh because if you don't have, you know, that yep. 
accessible, it can be really hard. So yeah, I do remember and you sure gave enough. great back rubs and you would do them just of your own yep. volition. You would just yep. start and you're like, oh, don't stop. Don't stop. Yes, Keep going. exactly. Right. And uh, uh, Joe Biden in another life. But I was, uh, so <laughs> um, turns out the Actors Fund gave me money to go to school. So I basically was paid for. And then it was the best day job I've ever had. Get because I say, How did you get that money to go? How did you do that? Because Guys, this. the Actors Fund was created for dancers because their career is so short. Yes. You have to wait decades before they can retire, right? Right, sure. So they needed a career re-education. Re yes. And so then they just expanded it to the other forms of art, you know, singers, dancers, et cetera, actors. And so I took full advantage of it and... Um, I went to college now. Now the, wow. the school that I went to is the Swedish Institute. It's the oldest one in the country. It's way too expensive now to do that. But, but they still, the Actors Fund, look it up. And right now, especially if Can anybody's Can you send me the it, link to that too? Do yeah. they still do this? Yes. Actors okay, guys, Fund, I'm going to post this too for anybody that is, yeah. Is it only for people who live in New York or is it for people nope. that live all over? It's all, Great. every single actor. And I think, I don't know if you have to be union to take advantage of, you probably do, but okay. it, any union, any union, okay. a, uh, equity after SAG. And whatever. they paid you, they gave you money to help you go become a massage therapist. Yeah, and <gasps> so um, literally and figuratively, and uh, anything, and this is the bottom line, anything mm -hmm. to keep you in the game. That's it, that's anything, what it's all about. Anything to keep you in the game, I love that. Yeah. I love that. Um, so now here's my, <laughs> here's my question. I always start with what are you drinking? And of course you're drinking water and I'm, you know, a slush over here <laughs> drinking wine, but, um, I always, Your name finish. is Dawn. It is Dawn. Dawn. You remember, <laughs> you're Thank so you. smart. <laughs> Things have gotten better for you. Um, now I always finished with, if you weren't in the career, if you hadn't gone to VCU and studied voice, yep. cause you were such a triple threat and, you know, a jack of all trades. What do you think Mark would have done if you were in high school? What did your parents want you to be? I mean, you know, what did... What well, it's funny. My father was a diplomat, so I, I did enjoy traveling as a child. But one of the things that I remember, the very first image I had in my head um, as a child, watching somebody work and saying, I would love to do that. Um, I think I must have been... Uh, seven, if that. Oh, wow. And I was... That's young. Uh, I my parents had something to do, as they often did. And back then, you just sort of drop kids off as somebody and say, I'll be yeah. back at dark. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, it was an old Greek, literally Greek. This was a Thessaloniki, Greece. Uh, master carpenter. And I watched him for eight hours carving furniture. And it was the most zen, fascinating thing I'd ever, he had not, he was kind of curled over, he had uh -huh. gnarled fingers, and it was the most beautiful, the most beautiful furniture you've ever seen. And actually seen. in Greece, you were watching yeah. this in Greece. I was watching this. So I, still to this day, I love carpentry. 
Do you really? Oh, yeah. Do you get to do any of that in New York? I mean, I know you're in your apartment. Yeah, of course. Every time I go into a new apartment, I have to build shelves. I have to build cabinets. You know, it's like. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So that's right. Fix your place up. You know, I see shelves behind you right now, and exactly. I see uh, base, you know, yeah. baseballs and and. and oh yeah. I believe. I believe oh yeah, I built made. all those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Look at they're, that. They're beautiful, you guys. You can't see them, but I can. Yeah, I actually taught my son. Let's see if I can get you over oh, here. Oh, here we go. Oh yeah. I taught my son. Uh, he built that one. He built that? Yeah, I taught him guys, how to build that one, bookcase two, out there. Three, four, five, six, seven. There's seven shelves. Yeah. That's yeah. a nice Full size. of Ooh. his books and records and stuff. Wow. And I bought him a, I bought him a, a, a vinyl record player and, you know, got him a oh. ton of vinyl records. So, well, yeah. I believe we have a baseball game tomorrow night, do we not? Okay, so you are, you have a baseball game tomorrow night, right? Doesn't, doesn't Cooper Oh, yeah, tomorrow night? yeah, yeah, yeah. Monday no, night. Just, just, just practice. Just right, practice. oh, it's practice. So what team yes. is he on? He is on a, um, the 12U Travel Gotham's baseball team from New York City. Fabulous. So he's, he is the, a starting pitcher and a, a starting first baseman. Wow. And, uh, he's quite good. He's you know, pitching at 70 miles an hour right now. Oh my now God, what an arm. Do you have to like yeah. ice it already at his age of 13? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Put your well, elbow in this bucket of ice, right? If you remember at that age, you could go run a marathon and then go go run outside and play uh, with your friends. Yes, you know? we can't do yeah. that anymore. But yeah, no, so no, now, no. were you an athlete? You were, weren't you? I was, but uh, I, I discovered musical theater very early on in, in junior high. You'll appreciate this. I thought about it for a split second. I said, all the girls are in choir. I'll take choir. <laughs> that is so you. That is so you. <laughs> and and so every funny. major decision I've made in my life has been because of women. <laughs> Where are the women? Where can I find the women? You know, exactly. some things never change, Mark. Exactly. Some things exactly. never change. Exactly. This has been fabulous. I am so, so happy that you did this. And I hope that the listeners, I know I learned quite a bit um, from you and I'm just Thank so you, happy and I wish you the best. Stay safe in New York City. Back uh, at you. Stay healthy and, yeah. uh, you know, wish you the best as things start going into, you go into phase two tomorrow, I believe. Tomorrow. Yeah. I do wish you the best. And so thank you. And I'm going to um, stop here guys. So okay. we'll talk to you next week. Yay. Well, I think that about does it for this week's podcast. I can't thank you enough for listening. Remember, you can find me on Facebook under ACT and on Instagram and Twitter under Acting Pod. Or you can visit my website at www.dawnwestbrook.com and ask questions, give suggestions, and feedback. But for now, as W.C. Fields once said, a man's got to believe in something. So, my noble artist and my happy troop of theater trolls, I do believe I shall have another drink. <laughs> May the footlights burn bright and your interactions, both on stage and off, be rewarding. Thanks for joining me. I'm Dawn Westbrook, your host, and this is ACT. This week's podcast is sponsored by the Walker Hill Newell Playwrights Fund.